The countdown has begun. This May, a thousand global leaders will gather in Doha for the Qatar Economic Forum powered by Bloomberg, held in conjunction with our official partners, the Qatar Ministry of Commerce and Industry and Media City Qatar and premier sponsor QNB. Join heads of state, influential ministers and leading CEOs to make new connections and gain unique insights. Learn more at QatarEconomicForum.com. There's something brewing in the world of coffee, and it's not good. Indonesia, the country that includes the island of Java, simply isn't making enough Java. It's being forced to import the delicious and addictive beans from Vietnam and Brazil. What's going on here? Chains like Starbucks are expanding in Asia as the region becomes wealthier, and downtown Jakarta, the Indonesian capital, has more than a few. You might think this would mean happy days on, well, Java. Think again. Welcome to Benchmark, a show about the global economy. I'm Scott Landman, economics editor with Bloomberg News in Washington. I'm joined by Daniel Moss, economics writer and editor at Bloomberg View in New York. Thanks, Scott. Nice to be with you. And just to give listeners a sense of the historical significance of what's happening here, the country now called Indonesia has deep historical resonance in the coffee industry. The Dutch East India Company was the first importer of coffee to Europe in any meaningful way. Dutch colonists grew the crop in Java, and production subsequently spread to Sumatra and Sulawesi. Now, undoing Java's iconic status is a combination of climate change, plague, and the evolving economic structure of coffee farms. All right. Well, joining us now is Jamal Gawi, a climate change and biodiversity consultant in Indonesia who recently authored an opinion article in the Jakarta Post decrying the industry's demise. Jamal, welcome to Benchmark. Thank you. Hi, everybody. So let's just start off. Tell us how serious is the challenge to coffee growing in Indonesia, of all places? As you already mentioned, actually, is Indonesia is one of the countries that produce uh, a lot of coffee. It's the third largest producer in the world. However, recently, actually, the production of coffee in Indonesia has been declining in some areas, especially in Java, for example. Uh, the decline could reach 20 to 50 percent. And this is very serious. So I try to find out what is going on with the coffee industry in Indonesia and also in, in other countries. Yeah. Uh, actually, there are a number of factors causing the production decline. First, and the most important thing is climate change. Increased temperatures and change of rainfall are responsible for reduction in coffee production. The related phenomena, including long drought months and less wet months, accompanied by pest outbreak, are common indication of the crisis. And the Arabica coffee, this is the premium coffee, uh, the Arabica coffee plant responds sensitively to increasing temperature, especially during the blossoming and fructification. Along the similar line, increased temperature will have forced farmers to go to higher altitude to start new coffee plantation. The problem is, at the higher altitude, most of the land are at the steep slope, 
and land availability is limited because most of the land have been dedicated for protection forest or protected area. So inappropriate planting technique in the steep slope and clearing the forest for coffee plantation will also cause serious environmental issues. And even Jamal, I'm struggling with how this can be happening. One of the big economic narratives of the past hundred years has been the rise of the Asian consumer. Pretty much the last thing I saw when I left Jakarta Airport a few weeks ago, for example, was a Starbucks. So how can you reconcile a crisis in coffee production with a lot of demand for coffee? Surely it should be a boom time for coffee. So this is happening not only in Indonesia. The coffee production actually declining while the demand is increasing. So how can uh, we supply the market with, with coffee? The first thing with happening in Indonesia is by importing coffee from Brazil and Vietnam. This is just to feed the market, the market the demand. Uh, that seems like Saudi Arabia importing oil. Yes, something like that. Yeah. The reason for this, because the production in Indonesia is declining, while at the same time, the demand is increasing. So how to, to deal with that? It's by importing the coffee bean from other countries. So Jamal, you mentioned climate change as a principal culprit in this challenge to production of coffee in Indonesia. But is there anything else, say, about the economic structure of coffee farms in Indonesia that's also part of this issue? Yeah. Other factors that also causing the declining of coffee production is the, uh, the management of the production itself. Uh, in Indonesia and some other Asian countries, excluding Vietnam, because Vietnam has a very efficient system right now, the production management is still not very optimal. Yeah, for example, many old, not productive coffee trees are still maintained by farmers. So this is also causing the decline in production. So this is another aspect of that. So there are a number of factors actually causing this decline of production. You mentioned about the, the structure of the coffee farm. Yeah? When talking about the, the economic structure of the coffee farming, we should also talk about all actors involved in the value chains of coffee production. The one who produce coffee bean are mostly smallholder coffee farmers. Around 95% of all coffee producers in the world is smallholder coffee farmers. So the first one affected by climate change are these farmers. The problem is, in many cases, they have been treated unfairly by the market because the market prices does not really account for the many risks that the farmer should take in producing coffee bean in the age of the climate change. This risk includes, for example, decreasing of coffee bean quality, increased production costs due to the need for higher input. This is some of the, the risks. Yeah. So in my opinion, in order to reverse the situation and make it fair to these smallholder farmers, the markets and all actors involved in the market including big and small buyers and also consumers, should also account for the risk the farmer will have to make to produce the coffee berries. Jamal, if we understand you correctly, people are clearing forests 
to make more room to grow coffee. But that deforestation is setting in train dynamics which ultimately destroy the crop. Yes, you can say that because what is going on right now, when the farmer try to find a new land to plant their coffee plantation, they will go to a higher ground, to higher altitude. And these higher altitude places are mostly steep slope area or mountainous area. So when they clear the forest there, first they, they also break the law because it's protected area. They cannot do that actually. Second, it also caused another serious environmental issues like erosion, landslide, and also will cause flooding to the lower level. And at the end, it will also destroy their, their crop. So that's how to see uh, the situation. The countdown has begun. From May 14th to 16th, a thousand global leaders will gather in Doha for the Qatar Economic Forum powered by Bloomberg. Join heads of state, influential ministers and leading CEOs to make new connections, gain unique insights and uncover valuable opportunities in one of the world's most rapidly rising regions. Request your invite for this exclusive event at QatarEconomicForum.com. Let's talk about the Asian consumer now here. Coffee in Asia, especially at places like Starbucks or other upscale chains, is not something that's a very cheap commodity. Is there a price at which should these kinds of issues continue you know, and the price of coffee may go up over time? Is there a higher price at which the consumer in Jakarta might not want to buy his or her regular coffee? <clears throat> the situation right now, uh, as we discussed before, actually, there are more and more people drinking coffee. They love coffee, especially the younger, uh, younger generation, especially in, in, in big and small cities in Indonesia. It seems to me right now, whatever the price, they will buy it. Because you see, like, drinking coffee has become, uh, what you call it? Uh, it's trendy. Uh, trendy, yes. When you are in Jakarta, if you go to Starbucks or other brand uh, coffee shop, you will see many young people are walking there. So it's, it's a trend. So people start to love coffee. And I have seen this. I travel a lot in Indonesia in small and big cities. I, I'm surprised to see that there are many coffee shops right now all over Indonesia. So this is a, a, a trendy. So Jamal, even if the price doubled or tripled, do you think people would still buy this much coffee? Or do you think you know, there would be some decline in demand? Of course, you know, if you follow the economic law, uh, when the price increase too much, there will be a certain point where people will not stop, but reduce the consuming coffee. There is a strong possibility for that. But it's difficult for me to answer whether it's double or triple the price, you know. But what I can see right now is even Starbucks is quite expensive, actually. But I'm surprised to see that this, you know, millennial uh, generation, yeah, these young people, they keep coming back to Starbucks. Jamal, what happens if things continue on their present course? What happens to the coffee industry if we can't address these problems in Java? which, as I said earlier, sounds like 
the Saudi Arabia of coffee. If we can't get it right there, what are the implications? There are some implications, not one. The first implication, of course, with the decrease of production, the price will go up. And then the second, if this climate change yeah, continue affecting the, the coffee plantation, we, we will start losing the character of the, the real coffee because the taste is changing already right now. And this is serious because, for example, when the buyers would like to buy the, the specialty coffee, let's say, from the highland of Gayo in Aceh, they are asking question right now whether the farmers in Gayo are selling the, the right coffee to them because the character of the coffee are changing. And Jamal, just for our listeners, when you say Aceh, we are talking about a province at the western tip of Sumatra. Yes, exactly, yeah. This is uh, the home of one of the best coffee in the world, Gayo Arabica, Arabica coffee, yeah. So that, that is what is going on right now. So climate change is not only affect the, the production, meaning uh, decreasing the production, declining the production, but it also affects the taste of the coffee. We, we have to expect losing the, the good taste of Arabican coffee from Gayo because of climate change. Is it possible if we continue on this course that in, say, 10 or 15 years, coffee could taste completely different from how coffee tastes now? Yes, you can say that. And it is happening right now. Because the way the, the buyers or people involved in this coffee industry, they have a certain way to grade coffee. Uh, there are at least like what, 10 or more characters they, they use, yeah? And it is changing right now. That's what I, what I can see, yeah? Based on my experience in the field. Well, I can say that we will always be looking back on the good old days of coffee, I'm sure, in a few years. Jamal Gawi, thank you so much for taking the time to be with us today. Okay, no problem. Thank you very much. So, Dan, what's your big takeaway from all this? It's interesting the way our conversation with Jamal developed. We began with an overall macro idea that Indonesia kind of the Saudi Arabia of coffee, was having a problem. And we ended up with how, wait a minute, these forces could mean that your coffee in a couple of years might not actually taste like coffee. Climate change and economics are changing the way a hot commodity actually tastes. And yet, like a lot of things in economics, I think it's going to be a little slower. I think it's going to be one of those slow-moving kind of things where you don't really notice it. Maybe your coffee will change slightly from year to year. And then, you know, 10 or 15 years from now, we're going to be sitting around and talking about how poorly our coffee tastes and thinking about, well, maybe it really was that good in the good old days. And all those coffee stores that have Java in their name might have to change. Or it'll just be a taste of nostalgia. Benchmark will be back next week. Until then, you can find us on the Bloomberg Terminal, Bloomberg.com, our Bloomberg app, as well as wherever you listen to podcasts, including Apple Podcasts, Overcast, and Stitcher. While you're there, please take the time to rate and review the show. And you can also find us on Twitter. You can follow me at at Scott Landman. Dan, you are at Moss underscore Eco. Benchmark is produced by Topher Forges. The head of Bloomberg Podcasts is Francesca Levy. Thanks for listening. See you next time. Thank you.
The countdown has begun. From May 14th to 16th, a thousand global leaders will gather in Doha for the Qatar Economic Forum powered by Bloomberg. Join heads of state, influential ministers and leading CEOs to make new connections, gain unique insights and uncover valuable opportunities in one of the world's most rapidly rising regions. Request your invite for this exclusive event at QatarEconomicForum.com.